well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you've joined us on the program today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, political fallout of the uh, shooting in Buffalo, New York this past weekend. Joe Biden heading to Buffalo today. Uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul announcing a new gun control legislation. Now, uh, that has not happened as I sit down to do today's show. So we'll be talking about the details of what these anti-gun politicians are calling for on uh, tomorrow's program. But um, I think this is worth highlighting. The Washington Post uh, acknowledging in a uh, headline today, quote, Senate Democrats resigned to not passing gun control legislation. Yeah. So while Joe Biden will be calling for Congress to pass his gun ban and compensated confiscation scheme, you will recall, by the way, Joe Biden's plan is to ban the possession of more than 20 million modern sporting rifles. If you currently own one, you would not be allowed to keep it under Joe Biden's proposal unless you registered it with the federal government. Uh, but the other option would be to hand it over for some undetermined amount of cash in a compensated confiscation scheme. Now, we are told by Joe Biden that well, once you register your your modern sporting rifle, then you'll be able to keep it. I mean, we don't think anybody should be able to own these battlefield weapons of war. But no, I mean, just tell us that you have it and we'll let you keep it. We promise. Yeah, no takesies backsies on that one. I don't believe it, and I don't believe many gun owners do either, but uh, it also appears that Senate Democrats don't believe that they've got the votes to pass that, uh, or the universal background check bill that passed out of the House last year, a bill which, by the way, would not have prevented the shooting in Buffalo, New York, because the alleged uh, killer in this case apparently passed a background check, was not a primitive person, uh, despite police investigating him. Uh, a year ago, and a day and a half uh, spent in a uh, hospital for a uh, mental health hold. Uh, he was allowed to go, no, was not uh, involuntarily committed, was not adjudicated mentally defective, and was not charged with a crime. So I don't know how you'd argue that universal background checks, had they been in place nationwide, would somehow have stopped this attack. But again, logic has never really been the strong suit of the uh, anti-gun activists. They tend to rely more on emotional appeals rather than thinking this through and let's come up with the best way to actually uh, address violent crime. So having said that, with uh, Democrats apparently having this uh, uh, realization here, uh, Senator uh, Dick Durbin from Illinois, for example, a number two Democrat in the Senate said, uh, quote, you know as well as I, that it takes 60 votes on anything controversial, and that is controversial. So we're kind of stuck where we are at the time being. We're realists. We know where we are. It'll take an election to change. Now, here's, here's the thing for Dick Durbin and for Democrats and Frank for gun control activists. Democrats have complete control of Congress, right? And I don't think there are any election forecasts out there that are predicting uh, Democrats will have a 60-vote majority in the state Senate after the midterms. Uh, it's possible that they might gain a seat 
maybe even two in the uh, U.S. Senate, although I think that is unlikely. So I, I think what Dick Durbin is looking for is the uh, potential to take back the Senate uh, or, or to, 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 let's say, to keep control of the Senate, uh, but maybe to add one or two seats. Because, look, if you've got 52 Democrats as opposed to 50, then maybe you could lose Manchin and Kirsten Cinema on the filibuster. Uh, and Kamala Harris could still cast that tie-breaking vote, and then the filibuster is no more. The problem with that for Dick Durbin is that Democrats would also have to keep control of the state, or excuse me, of the House of Representatives, which, again, you know, we won't know until the votes are uh, uh, cast, but, uh, you know, the the, the odds are looking really good that Republicans are going to take back the House in November. So let's say even if the Democrats did get 52 Democratic senators, let's say they had 51 Democratic senators who were willing to vote to nuke the filibuster. That doesn't do them any good if the House is now in Republican hands. So, uh, yeah, Democrats apparently are belatedly recognizing this. Now, the Washington Post, obviously, no fan of the Second Amendment uh, and uh, no foe to additional gun control laws. So uh, how they cover this um, they put their own little spin on this, right? They say that uh, Republicans aren't itching for talks with Democrats on this issue either as the midterm elections approach and as the party has moved even further away from supporting any form of gun restrictions. Uh, Senator Tom Tillis in North Carolina said, quote, I don't think there's any appetite for anyone to sit around the table and try to gain 60 votes. I, I, particularly, again, if the votes aren't there. Uh, Washington Post went on to say Democrats said they don't see any way to win over enough Republicans to pass gun control legislation, which Democrats have long said might be necessary, but doesn't go nearly far enough. Now, first of all, um, if you don't have the votes and you know you don't have the votes, then why, why waste time with bills that even Democrats say don't go far enough? I mean, look, if you don't have the votes... Put it all out there. Put it all on the table. Tell us what you really want. What do you think really will make a difference? If, if these proposals, if universal background checks or a, uh, a ban on so-called assault weapons doesn't go far enough, please, please tell us. What do you think does go far enough? Obviously, you don't think it has 60 votes, but uh, don't you think the American public would love to know like what the Democratic plan really is? What they think does go far enough? In terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, criminalizing a right to keep and bear arms in the name of public safety? I certainly would like to know some specifics on that. Uh, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut said that uh, he would be surprised if his past talks with Senators uh, John Cornyn of Texas and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina to, quote, close a loophole on background checks are revived. Uh, Joe Manchin said there's no path for his narrow background check legislation with Senator Pat Toomey. And uh, Senate Democratic leaders have indicated that they have no plans to bring up gun legislation. Uh, not even for a meaningless vote. You know, Chuck Schumer's willing to hold meaningless votes on abortion, but apparently not willing to hold meaningless votes on gun control, which if I got to tell you, if I were a gun control activist, I'd be a little cheesed by that. I mean, as long as you're, you know, wasting everybody's time with these votes that aren't going anywhere, how about my issue instead? But apparently, no, they don't want to do that. Instead, according to the Washington Post, Democrats are directing their message to focus on the racist great replacement theory. Another bigoted arguments that apparently motivated the Buffalo shooter and have also been embraced by some Republicans and conservative commentators, they say. Now, I will confess, I don't watch a lot of commentary. I really don't. 
I don't read a lot of commentary either. So I don't know how widespread the uh, great replacement theory has been among uh, the right. But I do know, I think Democrats are making a, another dangerous miscalculation here. Uh, immigration is a concern for a lot of Americans. Uh, and it's a concern for the Biden administration. They're, they're concerned about the political optics of this, right? This is why you've seen the hemming and hawing over uh, Title 42 and uh, rescinding Title 42 and sort of, you know, opening the uh, the gates at the border uh, to asylum seekers. They know that this is bad politics, not because the United States is a racist country, but because our economy is sputtering right now. The cost of living is going through the roof. Americans are feeling more economically insecure in the idea of bringing in maybe as many as a million New Americans every month when the Americans who are here are struggling is concerning. And you don't have to be a white supremacist to believe that. So I think this is going to be end up uh, being a case of democratic overreach. I'd also like to think, by the way, that the vast majority of us as Americans can come together and say that the idea that racial supremacy, whether it's a, a white person, uh, an Asian person, a black person, whatever, the idea that uh, you're going to slaughter people uh, because you think that they are of an inferior race uh, or you think you are of a superior race is it's not only fundamentally un-American, it's not only morally repugnant, it is something that um, I think we should be willing to talk about. But I think because Democrats are going to now try to politicize this, you're going to see a reluctance to do so. Anyway, I digress. We're talking about the Second Amendment here. If you want my views on uh, race relations as a uh, parent of both white and biracial kids, happy to do that. But this is probably not the proper venue for it. Um, regardless, let's go back to the uh, gun control debate or the lack thereof in Congress. Washington Post reports that, uh, quote, while Republicans have opposed gun control measures, say that they infringe on Second Amendment rights. They haven't proposed any other significant uh, policy steps that could be taken to prevent mass shootings. In the wake of Buffalo, Senator John Thune said he's, quote, not sure what the conversation around guns would be about. He was obviously mentally deranged and had gotten radicalized, Thune said, or Thune said adding that the mental health measures uh, would be the most impactful. Quote, a number of our members have been in favor of that in the past. But again, that's pretty vague and unspecified. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio said, uh, quote, he had real issues, mental illness issues, it appears. So th when that is something that becomes obvious, people need to speak up. And there's some laws that might help on that, said Portman. Some Republicans disagree that any legislation was needed. Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, uh, who the Washington Post describes as more conservative than Portman and Thune, said, quote, I don't think that's the answer to the problem that we've got right now. First of all, I'm, listen, I don't think Rob Portman's diagnosed this suspect. I don't think John Thune has diagnosed this suspect. And I have to tell you, I haven't either. Um, but the idea that we're automatically all going to say, well, yeah, clearly there are some mental illness issues. I mean, listen, let's keep open the possibility that this 18-year-old is just a piece of crap with no moral compass whatsoever, and that he was not insane by the clinical definition of not being able to differentiate between right and wrong. I I'm not sure that that's the case. There may be some mental illness, but I don't know that that was the actual driving factor that caused him to carry out this attack. It could be his repugnant philosophy that uh, drove him to do this. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, just, I just don't know that. Obviously, uh, jumping to mental health 
uh, is the uh, is the answer, even though I do believe we have a mental health crisis in this country, one that we can see not only in the rise in violent crime, but again, the 100,000 plus drug overdose deaths in this country last year, the 100,000 plus alcohol related deaths in this country last year. We are in the midst of a mental health crisis. And again, those are the deaths. Think about all of the people who are still with us, who are still breathing. They've still got a pulse, but they are struggling. We do have a mental health crisis. But I think we need to treat a mental health crisis as a mental health crisis, not as a response to a mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. And honestly, I would be surprised if there are 60 votes to do anything on mental health, whether or not it gets tied into Buffalo. Uh, we seem to be, for the most part, a uh, 50-50 nation, and for the most part, a 50-50 Congress, and uh, I think that is going to lead to any action against our uh, right to keep bear arms in the name of public safety continuing to come in the immediate future in Washington, D.C. anyway, from the executive branch, the White House, DOJ, ATF, uh, and not from anti-gun politicians on Capitol Hill. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with another heartbreaker from Milwaukee, where a man has pleaded guilty in the shooting death of his eight-year-old daughter. And we don't have the sentence yet. That's not coming until July 15th. But Michael Huddleston, uh, who was charged with first-degree reckless homicide as well as possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, after his daughter, Tiana Huddleston, was accidentally shot and killed back in January, has pleaded guilty. Uh, that happened yesterday. Criminal complaint says that uh, Huddleston had been drinking at home and decided to get his gun and, quote, teach the kids about gun safety, <sighs> which violates one of the cardinal rules of gun safety, which is that guns and alcohol don't mix. But Huddleston grabbed the uh, gun off a top cabinet in the kitchen, according to police, said that he checked that the safety was on and that there was nothing in the magazine, but apparently didn't check to see if there was a round chambered in the firearm itself, because, you know, drinking and all, put the magazine back in the gun, squeezed the trigger, which, again, is another violation of gun safety laws, because you always treat that firearm as if it's loaded. <sighs> Huddleston said his daughter was, uh, quote, in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, I think, I, think, I think dad was actually in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, with a gun, by the way, that he was not allowed to possess. At the time, his daughter was killed. Huddleston was on probation in Milwaukee County for a hit-and-run conviction. Don't know how much, if any, time behind bars Huddleston served. In that case, but um, he will be back in court on July 15th, not only having to live with the pain, I hope that there is pain, in taking the life of his daughter, but now he will learn what uh, sentence the state will hand down for that crime. Today's Armed citizen story, Atlanta, Georgia, Fox News reports a rideshare driver Shot an alleged police impersonator in a Target parking lot and is probably going to lose her job as a result. I mean, keep in mind, Lyft and Uber both have these policies that say if you are carrying a firearm, doesn't matter if you're a legal gun owner, doesn't matter if you have a concealed carry license, doesn't matter that it's your car. 
If you are driving for them, you must be disarmed. And if they find out that you're not, that you had a gun on you, even if you use that firearm to protect your life, you will no longer be allowed to drive for these rideshare companies. So in this uh, particular case, it was about 1130 Sunday night. Uh, officers responded, uh, real police officers responded to a, uh, a target on uh, Peachtree Road in the Buckhead area of Atlanta to a report of a person who was shot. When they got there, they found an adult male with a gunshot wound and a female who was still on the scene. Officers say that the female was working for a rideshare company and had dropped off a passenger at a motel nearby uh, when this man, uh, later identified as 21-year-old Tariq Quadir Wiggins Younger, allegedly tried to use his car to block her in. The female then took off. Wiggins Younger chased after her and finally forced her to crash near this target parking lot. He then got out of his car, approached the woman, who, fearing for her safety, shot him. Wiggins Younger claimed to be an off-duty police officer attempting to make a traffic stop in his private vehicle. Uh, he's not. Wiggins Younger was arrested, taken to the hospital. At last report, he was stable. The uh, rideshare driver, thankfully, was not injured in the deal. Wiggins Younger has now been charged with aggravated assault, impersonating a police officer, possession of cocaine, possession of marijuana, and possession of drug-related objects. Uh, once he gets out of the hospital, he's going to be released into the Fulton County Jail. The rideshare driver, as I mentioned, will not be facing any charges, but very well could be looking for new employment because she had the audacity to want to be able to protect her life while she was working a dangerous job shuttling people around Atlanta, Georgia. Finally today, another good deed of the day from New Orleans. Also kind of an armed citizen story now that I think about it. Good Samaritan stabs purse snatcher to rescue woman on New Orleans Street. That's the uh, headline from the uh, Times you. This was uh, last week, a couple days ago, May 11th. 11.30 in the morning, broad daylight, uh, in, you know, a busy part of New Orleans, uh, on Canal Street, in between uh, Rampart and Burgundy Streets. Woman's walking down the, the road uh, when a uh, 31-year-old man named Loris Puckett approached her. The uh, 37-year-old woman told police that Puckett walked up, tried to grab her purse. The woman resisted, and that's when Puckett started assaulting her. So she's still fighting to hang on to the purse while Puckett is trying to get a hold of it, a bystander saw what was happening, according to the Times-Picayune, and uh, ran over to help, stabbing Puckett multiple times to get him to stop attacking the woman. Uh, police and fire department personnel responded to the scene. Puckett transported to a nearby hospital for treatment of a stab wounds. The uh, purse-snatching suspect will be charged once he is released from the hospital as well, according to police. Uh, a warrant for his arrest has already been issued. Um Back on May the 12th, a New Orleans PD spokesperson told the Times-Picayune that uh, the Good Samaritan that rescued the woman has not been charged with a crime and will not be charged with a crime because he was acting in defense of another. So, in the right place, at the right time. Willing and able to do the right thing to uh, save a woman being attacked over her uh, refusal to hand over her purse, an anonymous Good Samaritan, whoever you are, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, too. We'll be back tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. We will have an update for you, both on the website and on the show, about uh, all of the calls for gun control that are going to be coming today. 
from uh, President Joe Biden on down. Uh, we will also we're also scheduled to be talking with uh, John Crump tomorrow about what's going on with JSD Supply and what you can do to help this company that's being targeted by the ATF. Uh, until then, as I mentioned, be sure to check out the website, BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Until then, well, until tomorrow anyway. Be well, be safe, and be free.